Okay, welcome back to the United Pubcast, the podcast of the Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney. And Larry, we finally get to discuss three points, three goals and three points against Brentford. There was no clean sheet. It kind of weirdly feels like a clean sheet for me. I don't know why. Um, it almost feels like a 3-0 win for me. Just the positivity around this morning was just a nice change of pace because the last couple of weeks, even if we got a win, it was disappointing. The performance wasn't quite there. And we'll get into the first half and second half differences but overall, very happy with the performance overall, as I said, and um, more importantly, very happy with the three points because, my God, we needed it. Yeah, I agree, Tom. And evening to everyone in the comments. I, I loved it. And I think if you're happy Manchester United won, like the video. And if you don't like the video, then I don't know why you're watching. But what I really liked about this performance, Tom, while United didn't really create much, particularly in the first half, I love we actually felt like we're in control for the best part of the 90 minutes. I like the three-man midfield. I think we've been calling for it. And while, you know, we'll, we'll obviously speak about McTominay and Fred uh, as this video goes on. Uh, but I also think that, you know, it was really nice to see United keep the ball. And I thought what Bruno, what you, the benefit of him playing deeper, and you almost forget it. If you can think back to Bruno's first game with Wolves, what the stood out in that game was he was pointing at people. I remember there was a, during that game, there was a, a period where he was yelling at Andreas Pereira and telling him where to be on the pitch. And I thought we saw that Bruno today where because he sat deeper, took more responsibility for what United did with the ball. And I thought that was a real big positive. And I think you'll see as we continue in this formation, we'll continue to see a level of performance improve. Well, 4-3-3 will be almost be the main talking point, but we'll say good day to some of the guys in the chat. Josh from the Sports Club, good to see you, mate. Jamie over from Northern Ireland. Hope you've had a, well, obviously woken up morning. Hope you have a good day ahead of you. Um, George, good day, lads. Good win finally. When Maguire came on, I thought, well, here we go again. I'm happy three points. Let's try and go fourth. Well, it's a big game against West Ham. It's West Ham on the weekend, I think, and I assume it they're is. still maybe just above us or we're level with them. So that's a huge game. Dion, good to see you. Alex, as always, Rob and Ahmad, always a pleasure to have you here. Matt, good to see you, mate. So 4-3-3, you do mention it there, Larry. And in the live chat, make sure you get your thoughts in on the 4-3-3. It kind of did change a little bit. I thought the second half almost kind of reverted almost back to a bit of a 4-2-3-1. Then obviously went to the three back when Harry Maguire came in, and that's a discussion for later on. But ultimately, Larry, my main point I want to discuss with regards to 4-3-3, yes, we've all called for it. Yes, we all want it. Ralph Rangit coming out publicly and saying, this is going to be our new formation. I do like, well, we've spoken about Ralph's honesty in press conferences, and I do like it. And... My criticism of this is not given a game plan to Aston, not to Aston Villa, given a game plan to an opposition. Yes, there is a part of that, but ultimately teams are well prepared no matter what. So it's not him giving the game plan to the opposition. It's the fact that you've almost spoken before about him admitting mistakes publicly and what that means to the team. So my issue with him publicly saying, okay, 4-3-3 is our formation. When we're 2-0 down suddenly and he's going to change it from 4-3-3 to a 4 triple two. Everyone's going to point the finger to Ralph Rangie. Why did you play 4-3-3? Was that a mistake? And he'll have to say, yes, it was a mistake. I should have done this. And ultimately, if he's admitting mistakes in the press, the players are going to go, hang on, if our manager doesn't know what he's doing, um, how are we supposed to know what we're doing? So I do like I do like the honesty. I do like the move to 4-3-3. I just don't, something about it. I just don't like coming out publicly saying, this is our new formation. Get on board with it. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's the thing. Ralph Rangie's almost building his, uh, he's making his bed for, what the press will inevitably make him sleep in. Uh, now that might be a comfortable sleep, or it might be the or it might be uh, the same sort of bed that Liam Goodenough will be uh, will be lying down on, quite hard and and painful. Uh, but um, 
Look, I don't like it. As a fan, I find it refreshing. I enjoy watching it, if I'm being honest. I, I enjoy the press conferences now. I tune in and I know Ralph's going to drop something. Um, it's my new soap opera. Uh, so, you know, if you've got a Netflix recommendation, drop it in the comments because at the moment, the only entertainment I'm getting is Ralph Rennick's press conferences. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you, Tom. I think he should just wind it back a little bit. And I think that comes from, and I don't mean this as in a disrespectful way, I think that just comes with, there's a thing in the German culture uh, where, you know, they're just blunt and honest and I can admire that. But I also think he needs to be a bit more mindful of, you know, you play for a big club, everything you say is scrutinized, including by your players and their agents. Be mindful of that. No, definitely. Well, I just want to bring a point here. You mentioned in sort of the intro when we did start the podcast, you talk about what was pleasing to be in sort of control of sort of large parts of the game. And I felt in. I didn't feel in control of the game, but I felt comfortable. And maybe that just came down for Man United being a better team than Brentford. We have better players, so I'm more confident. But just this comment from Josh here saying, "Wouldn't say we we're in control." Could have been three 0 down at half time. I just want to talk in regards to the defensive performance because, as I said, it almost yeah. felt like a clean sheet to me. So let's just pretend Harry Maguire came on and that chance they had, Alex Tellez wins the header and it's three 0 and we go on with a clean sheet. We'll look at that performance and we'll go Rafael Varane and Victor Lindelof much better clean sheet. They're our two going forward. Good performances by both men. Individually, I think both did have a good game, um, both yeah. Lindelof and Rafael Varane. Are we having that discussion if Brentford have a striker who can score a goal because we go into halftime 4-0 down? Are we having the same discussion about their performances? My issue was really the fullbacks, and it continues to be the fullbacks. I think Tellers is quite frustrating, to be honest with you. I think with the, the issue with that Brazilian is he he's not physical. He's not super quick. His positional play is awful. There was a period in the first half where he actually, I can't remember who was attacking. I wish I could at the moment. Anyway, there was a passage of play in the first half. Rafael Varane is square on with whoever's running at him. Tellers is watching the same man as Varane is where he's got a winger and it's so clear. You can see it on the TV that the, the winger is going to get the ball. Then Tellers is late to react and the ball ends up at De Gea. And it's just like his awareness is really poor. Diogo Delo, look, I think he's... Is he better than Wan-Bissaka overall at the moment? Yeah, look, I think he probably is. In saying that, can we improve on him? I absolutely think we can. And I, I think the links with uh, Lamptey show you that. So we don't have perfect players, Tom. I think, you know, you can you can argue and debate what the system should be. Whatever option you go with, whether that's Harry Maguire, whether that's Luke Shaw, whether that's Wan-Bissaka, I don't think we're not picking out of Patrice Evra and Dennis Irwin or Nemanja Vidic and... Gary Pallister, like we're just going with what we got. And unfortunately, while ever this is the caliber of player we have, we're just going to see where we're a little bit leaky. What's the balance you find in regards to, and I don't, don't want to say, okay, you're going to play Tellez over Shaw or Wan-Bissaka over Delay. I don't want the personnel, but what's the balance you want? Because Ralph Ring, in terms of the back four, we can say, okay, this is how we're defending. But I think on the ball, especially this game, I think our four best footballers at the back for Ryan Lindelof. Tellers and Delo played. So won the ball, I think that was that did help us going forward. And while he may sort of did look quite fluid. And Ralph's first sort of the first thing he really did implement when he came in was change the fullbacks. Luke Shaw was always first choice. Wambazaka was always first choice. So the first thing Ralph Rangie did when he came in, Delo was first choice, and Tellers is pretty much first choice. Okay, Shaw has been playing, but um a lot more close it's a lot more stiffer competition than what it has been. So regardless of personnel, I don't want you to mention those. But what balance do you want in a back four in the situation we're in at the moment? Do you want those better footballers in terms of implementing Ralph's, Ralph's style and getting forward on the front foot, playing attacking football? Or is the defensive side of things considering how many goals we are shifting? 
it's it's a balancing act and it, it's a difficult one i think he will have his philosophy as a manager and i would want every manager to believe in what they want to do uh, in terms of you know how do you want to play football what do you envision your football to be but like you said there is a balancing act and and he said that he's, he's openly said himself how do i get the balance between and making sure that we are attacking that we are dangerous in the final third but making sure we're not leaving ourselves open and i thought in the first half when i talk about control i just mean when united had the ball today you felt like we were in control now were we vulnerable to the counter absolutely we were we were too open but and when you're talking about what we actually did with the ball and the way we kept possession, I thought that's the best United have looked this season. So, mm. you know, is there room for improvement? Absolutely there is. Um, and look, I think Ralph Rennick is still working it out, Tom. We've, I think this is the second game we've played 4-3-3. But I don't think it's a coincidence that while maybe the result wasn't there against Aston Villa, you're seeing a much more balanced side. Every area of the pitch seems to have the right number of players in there. So... I think he will get that balance right. And I think the level of performance, like I said, will continue to improve. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of that balance, and we'll obviously discuss this name, I assume we will, um, in the 3 2 ones. But I think a lot of that balance just comes down from Bruno Fernandes in the middle. I think also unbalanced when he was in that triple two formation where he's a little bit wider, but him in the middle or in that number 10 position or even a little bit deeper. It does, as as you say, give us a lot more balance. Now, I was going to bring this point up. I was going to go into the three goals and talk about the attacking football we did play. But Mike brings this point up, which we were going to discuss later, but seeing it's in the comments and one or two people are discussing it, we'll get onto it. Uh, Mike says, Ronaldo is a legend, but I don't like his petulance when substituted. It doesn't set a good example for younger players and undermines the manager. So I knew this was going to come up in this one. It was always going to be an interesting discussion. I have absolutely no issue with it. Um, look, everyone is entitled to their opinion on it, of course. However... Kashi went back to 2008, 2009, and this obviously happened long before then, but let's, the, the famous example is 2000, 2009, where Ronaldo storms off in the Manchester <laughs> derby, storms past Fergie, rips these, rips the training jacket off, throws it on the ground, sits down, swearing at everyone in sight. That's elite mentality. That's exactly the play you want. You want your players to be upset um, when they get su- substituted. Real Madrid, he'll throw his shirt off, he'll kick the water bottles, he'll abuse every official he could see at Real Madrid, he'll hand in transfer requests, he'll sort of have one-on-one meetings with the president when he gets substituted, elite mentality. That's exactly what you want from the best player in the world. That's the example. No one should want to come off the field. 2022, he mutters a few things under his breath when he gets substituted. Oh, he's a silk. He's no good for the team. He's petulant. And I just think it's nothing. Ronaldo's probably talking to himself half the time. If I was on the bench there and mm-hmm. players do that, I've been on that where you, your best player comes off. It's nothing. They're talking to themselves half the time. They're more frustrated with their own performance. And I think one of the things he was mainly frustrated with, like he, he lives and breathes goals. Once you get to 2-0, that he knows there's a lot more space in that game. You think, well, I might be able to get a goal here. And Ronaldo, you obviously do want him to score to keep him happy. And he was just frustrated with that. So I have absolutely no 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 issue at all with it. But I, can un- I don't understand, but I can see why people do. But just your thoughts on it, because well, I was just laughing at it, really, because Ronaldo, will, he'll forget about it tomorrow. Like it'll be a non-issue for him. He'll start preparing for West Ham and it won't be an issue. But unfortunately, I think the media and fans will run with it and sort of use it as another stick against Ronaldo. It's Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's a nothing story. Look, Ronaldo's been doing that his whole career. He's yeah. I, I saw a game against Real Madrid. I think it was in the Champions League. He was booting, it was booting water bottles, swearing off his head. This was nothing. It's fine. It, it It's really, it's just not anything to read into. I think... Ronaldo wants to be the best. Uh, he and because he wants to be the best, and he perceives himself as the best. And in my opinion, he is the best. 
he wants to be on the pitch making a difference. And obviously he can't do much. He can't control the result from the bench. So you can understand his frustration. To be honest, I'd be more upset if he didn't care. So, you know, we always say these players lack ambition. They don't they don't have a passion for being on the pitch. Well, he's swearing his head off because he wants to be on the pitch. So, you know, you can't win. We, we, we're too busy criticising the likes of Harry Maguire and others for saying they're not putting in enough. Ronaldo wants to stay on the pitch when we're 3-0 up. What more do you, or two nil up? What more do you want from him? I think that's it. A lot of players as well do the same thing when they go off, but Absolutely. the camera's not fixated. The camera's not fixated on them, so it's a non-talking point. But I've Josh seen Martial does bring... crack the shits, and Martial barely moves. Well, Josh brings an interesting point. Um, would you have an issue if it was Shaw or Maguire? And look, I've never really thought about it. No, off the top of my head, no. But it would. We accept it from Ronaldo, and yeah, if we accept it from a, one of the public enemies, it would be interesting. The reaction, my personally, I wouldn't have an issue. I would maybe. If they came off the pitch swearing in terms of their character, I would think, hang on, sort of, who are you having to go at first? Are you having to go at yourself? Okay, feel free. If you're having to go at the manager after you've given a Harry Maguire 101 performance, well, you're wrong for giving it to the manager. But I can't see those personalities giving it to the manager or giving it to themselves. I think we expect what we expect um, on and off the pitch from Maguire and Shaw. We expect what we expect on and off the pitch from Cristiano Ronaldo. So it's an interesting one, but yeah, it's a, it's a non-issue for me. But Larry, I do want to start talking about some football and some goals. We talked about the defensive sort of frailties, but we did score three very good goals. First one, Anthony Alanga. Good one. Fred pulled a ball out of his Brazilian back pocket somewhere. <laughs> and that was a, I just want to give a little bit of credit there to Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo just dropped in all pocket a little bit. Defender followed him, opened up that space for Anthony Alanga. And great touch by Alanga and sort of a nice improvised finished. And um, just what did you make of one, one, the goal, but also Anthony Alanga's performance? Because we sort of split opinion in our team selection um, in the pre-match um, podcast and I was thinking it's not never a criticism Anthony Langer. I love the guy I like what he's doing I just don't see anything special and I think thought he was good against Brentford but I didn't see anything special but ultimately he comes up with a pivotal goal and yeah just your thoughts on his performance and goal yeah look I, I didn't over the 90 was even on he was on the pitch for the whole game over the 90 minutes I didn't think he did enough but in saying that, Tom, he did the most important thing, which is he scored He scored the first goal. Uh, and it was a goal that United needed and were struggling to get. I like Elanga's attitude. I think he works hard. Um, I think he's direct. I think he's got some talent. Um, you know, you don't, you don't make it at Manchester United if you don't. Is he brilliant? I'm not sure. I think the jury's still out. But I think it's too early to say whether he'll be a, a, you know, be a player at Manchester United for the long term or not. What you can say about him is he's doing a lot more than Anthony Martial has done in 18 months. And he's done a lot more than Marcus Rashford has done since his return from injury. So credit where it's due. He's the best option available at the moment. And he's taking his opportunity. Um, look, I think Jaden Sancho will be brought back in eventually. But I think Alenga, to his credit, has the manager saying he's working hard in training. He impressed me. And he was about to go on loan. And he's been pulled back because he's, he's got the right attitude and he's working hard. So... You know, I can sit here and tell you I think he should do more, but he's done more than those who you would expect much more out of. So credit yeah. to him. Yeah, Sam here saying Alanga is really impressing me, better against Villa, but took his goal brilliantly. Um, George here saying Alanga will be a great squad player for us in the future. And just this question here from um, the other George before we get into the other goals. Um, does the front three, and obviously we'll preview the um, West Ham game in the future, but does the front three, front three keep their place against West Ham? 
will be interesting that Rashford goal probably changes the dynamic a little bit in regards to Ralph's thinking. But I think Ralph's come out before to, talking about not changing a winning team. I can't see him changing that team. Just off the top of your head, with a quick look forward to the weekend, um, can you see changes there off the back of Greenwood and Alanga's performance? Because obviously Ronaldo plays, so the two supporting wide men, um, did they do enough? Because um, they both got goals. Both got goals. So t- how do you drop them? I know, but if you're just thinking purely for rotation, uh, you and look, Rashford comes on and scores. Maybe that's an excuse for Rennick to say, all right, I might try and bring him back in. I'd personally like to see Rashford continue off the bench and actually earn his position back. Um, and I think that goal will do him a world of good. But um, yeah, look, based on performance, you have to leave it the way it is. Mason's kind of... He's a good player, but he doesn't fit that wide position. He, you can tell he just seems the odd man out, doesn't he? I think that's probably the easy one where you could say maybe do we do we throw a Sancho one there or even a Rashford um, just because they hold a natural width. Um, Greenwood looks like he when he plays, he looks like a good player who doesn't fit the system. So I think he's one where – and he started – I have to say, I think Mason started the last three or four games on the bounce. So I think he, there could be a case where he gets rotated out. Um, but look, if it's the same, I am definitely won't be complaining, Tom. Yeah, definitely. And now a lot of people in the chat, which is great to see. So apologies if you can't get it all, um, get to all your comments. They're flying in, but keep them coming. We do truly appreciate it. I'll try and get to as many as possible. But second goal, it's, speaking about Mason Greenwood, it was a brilliant goal from back to finish. McTominay picks out Ronaldo with a beautiful little sort of dink pass through the middle. Ronaldo again just drops into a little pocket, which commits that defender onto the halfway line. Ronaldo with a nice little cushion chest and Bruno Fernandes. Look, he's not someone we talk about. I don't know if he was quick or the defender was slow, but he got away from the defender and he showed a um, slight pair of heels and he sort of got clear. Bruno Fernandes in that position. He's shooting, he's shooting, he's shooting. Nice and unselfish bit of play by Green um, by Bruno to lay off Greenwood. I thought if that went to VAR, Greenwood was offside. I thought the still image, I thought, yep, he's offside and they just never checked it. So I'm very sort of glad they didn't. But um, beautiful goal all around. And ultimately, you do have to give credit for Greenwood for the nice positioning and tapping. But from McTominay to Ronaldo to Bruno, I thought, you look back at it, that was a fantastic goal. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, i I, I got to say, uh, I would have liked to see Bruno score there, but I, I do admire the, the selflessness. Um, and I think, uh, Tom, I swear to you, I feel like I was the only person around the world watching that live and thinking he's offside. I, 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 even on the replay. I even was when like, I saw oh, the replay, I thought, this is going to yeah, be, but- yeah, they'll get the lines out and he'll be off. This is why I don't like, I actually don't enjoy listening to commentators when I'm watching football games because I feel like they put their opinion on on you and then you you can almost get tricked into believing whatever they're telling you. I, I actually prefer, I think the best way to watch football, try to mute it out if you can. Just watch the game for yourself and come up with your own decisions and your own analysis. But anyway, before I digress too much, um, I'll take the goal. I'm happy for Mason. I think he needs it as well. Um, Bruno played well. He, he played well in a different way. So I'm going to say full credit to Bruno Fernandes because we've been saying he looks like someone who thinks he's a striker. Today he put in a, a true midfielder performance. And I think once he gets used to this system, I think you'll see a whole different player. Yeah, definitely. Sam, agreeing with you there. And yeah, Bruno Fernandes, I might say, needed to see Bruno's chip. Um, it was actually quite an easy chip for Bruno. When he's in that position and he lined that up, you think, oh, this is pretty standard. This is This will look beautiful. And he just didn't connect with it. It was a weird one. You assume he'd um, he'd obviously be disappointed with that one because it was. You don't want to say it's a, oh, it's easy to chip a keeper from twenty five yards, but in a position that he was, it actually was quite easy. So disappointing with that, but um, yeah, definitely can forgive him. Mike here said, I, I don't agree with Larry and Tom regarding Ronaldo, but because you're my favourite United podcast, I'll cop you disagreeing with me on the chin. Look, it's 
very well said. Um, yeah, I'm sure that a lot of people yeah, disagree with a lot of things I say. I disagree with a lot of people, but that is what it is about. There are um, many different opinions. Um, I think the good thing about this chat, um, live chat in the podcast, it's um, always very respectful. I've seen, look, you just have to look at Larry sort of threw a little dig in there to AFTV um, a little bit earlier. You just see some of the characters on there and how they deal with sort of criticism and abuse and, yeah, um, less said about that, the better. Who was his name? Liam Goodenough. He's going to be having a couple of rough That's seasons. That surname is... It's not good enough. So appropriate. Like, yeah. No, he said he's, well, his first sentence wasn't good enough. It went one year and then it tripled it to three years. So, um, yeah, that's that, that, the three year sentence is still not good enough, but that's okay. It, it's, it's Liam good enough. Yep. No, no, more than good enough. We'll stop that. Stop the puns now. So, what was the last goal? <laughs> Rashford. Oh. Of course, Marcus Rashford. So, um, if you do enjoy Arsenal fan TV banter, please leave a like on the video. But in regards to Rashford, Good, came off the bench. I can't actually remember his performance. If he was a good, good off the bench or if it wasn't good, I'm not too sure. But um, ultimately got the goal. Please for him because he has got, unfortunately, dogs abuse, but he's got a whole heap of criticism, rightly so. But he came on and scored a goal and it has to give him the world, world of confidence. That wasn't the bit that impressed me the most about him. The bit that impressed me the most about him, Tom, he actually ran back in defence. He actually worked hard today. And that's the bit of his game that I feel like has been lacking. I'm, of course, I'm absolutely buzzing that he scored, and I, I think that will do him a world of good. Marcus Rashford, and this is the problem with, I suppose it's it's modern football fans, it's social media, it's a lot of things. Um, a player isn't dog shit, and a and a player isn't world class. Like there's always there's always this big this big um, room for description, if you like, in the middle. And I think Marcus Rashford is. Not world-class. I've never seen him be world-class, but I think he's a very good player at his best. I think when he's when he's performing to the level that he can, he's someone who can play a, a long career at Manchester United. But I, I think when he's poor, he really stands out. And I think what he needs to really develop in his game... How old's Marcus Rashford now? 24? He'd be going on at 25 this year. He, he's at an age where... What I want to see from him is just not be so reliant on his pace because the reality is if he's 25, by 31, he's, go- he's going to start to lose those wheels. Is he going to be capable of becoming a more well-rounded player so he doesn't have a dip-off and ends up in the championship by the time he's 32? Or is he going to be the sort of player who can actually have a prolonged career the way like Orion Giggs did where he can actually add more bits to his game where when he's not getting in behind, he doesn't have tunnel vision and can actually play for others. That's what I want to see Marcus Rashford do. But in saying that, he scores today. It'll do his confidence a lot of good and hopefully he can crack on for the rest of the season. Uh, agree 100%. Tom here saying, which was a good one. I didn't really pick this up until a couple of hours after I watched the match, but three goals scored by three academy graduates. The United way, which always is pleasing to see. And just a quick one here before we move on to three, two, ones. Larry and Matt saying, did you see the comments from the Brentford manager coming out? He's he had a box of tissues. He was having a bit of a cry talking about, oh, United were lucky. They they almost had. He didn't say cheat, but he said, oh, they had to change their system against little old Brentford. I'm thinking, well, what do you want them to do? Like not shoot at goal? Like of course we had to change our system. It wasn't working. Like, do you want to go out there with seven players or something? Like it was just well, what do you make of it? Because it because it almost. Everyone really likes him in the Premier League. They talk about how sort of, I don't know, honest, but that he is a breath of fresh air, they think, for the Premier League. And I just think he has done this once or twice, and I think a little bit bitter in my opinion. Yeah, it is bitter. Absolutely. Like, just because you're a big football club, our manager should be tactically inept and just sit there and do the same thing. Imagine having an ego that big that you think, 
oh, well, I have good players. I don't care what's happening. It's going to win. That's exactly what we criticised Solskjaer for. He yeah, wished no, Solskjaer was in charge is what he meant to say. Well, we will move on to three, two, ones, and just a quick comment here because he's going to wrap up the points tonight. We haven't even discussed him yet, but Ahmed um, saying here, McTominay barging through a couple of traffic cones before playing it to Bruno is the best part of that goal, obviously speaking about a, the previous goal, but we'll bring up the three, two, ones now. And I'll just bring up three, two, one, Scott McTominay. Clear? No debate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, like this video says, McTominay over Fred, I think... With the level of performance we're now seeing from McTominay, and I said in the preview, you and I had a bit of a debate around the Paul Pogba situation. This is what I want to see more of from Scott McTominay. If he can put in this level of performance on a consistent basis, I'll be here eating my words, Tom. There'll be nothing for me. There'll be nothing for us to debate. But what I liked about McTominay's performance today is, by the way, can I just say, I called, I said he would be deployed in the six. You, you yeah. looked at me like well, I was well, mad. Well, on that, the point I want to make on that, and you're right in that we both had that sort of shape in midfield. I picked Fred there. Not, I don't know which one I prefer there. I prefer McTominay further forward. However, what I think you sort of picked there and why it was, ended up being correct, you can see why Ralph Rangie does trust McTominay there. If he did have a choice, I want to go to 4-3-3. Okay, I'm going to have to play someone in there. The choice is McTominay or Fred. I would prefer Fred there in, because I can get McTominay further forward. However, as a manager, and his job is far more important, he has more to think about, he has gone McTominay there. And it's back to the word I said when Ralph Rangit first came in, it's down to trust. And McTominay, in terms of his performance there, as a number six performance, nothing great. And he didn't really stand out as a number six performance. What he did well were the attributes of a number eight. He was bursting forward, driving with the ball. He was almost yeah. like a prime Yaya Toure at times. He was, he was unplayable in the second half at times. I just think... As a number six, it was probably wasn't the greatest performance because he was kind of maybe leaving the midfield a little bit exposed when he was bombing forward. But in, just you know, on his specific actions and when he was engaged with the ball, he was brilliant. In yeah, the second I half. agree. And look, that, I think that's the strongest part of his game. And I, I said this to you earlier today. The thing I like about McTominay, when he gets on the ball, you see his ability to dribble and beat a man. And I think that's something United have really struggled with all season, whether that's the system, whether that's a limitation when you're playing against better teams. The thing I want to see from McTominay now, Tom, is he's put in really good performances against Burnley and really good performance against Brentford. I want to see this performance against an Everton. I want to see this against a Liverpool. I want to see this against a Manchester City. When he can start putting it against, it doesn't even have to be those elite teams. If he can just do it against the top 10, even like an Aston Villa, then I think he will shut up a lot of critics. But to say he's going to be the next United captain, I think is a bit premature. I think he's starting to put more consistent performances together, but I think McTominay needs to start doing that against the sides where we're not expected to win. He needs to start doing it against the sides in the top half of the Premier League. Now, when he starts doing that, I can never come on here and say a bad word about him. Well, it's a big test this weekend against Declan Rice because obviously a lot of, now, now, exactly. a lot of fans now, want this Declan is the Rice. Challenge. So, That's um, the challenge. It'll be fascinating to see. I assume Declan Rice is fit. McTominay obviously is going to start. So it will be, and it's an important game. I know it's manual West Ham doesn't sound like it, but in terms of the table and our sort of push for top four along with West Ham, unfortunately, um, it is going to be a big test. But it's two points. So McTominay walks those three points. I 100% agree. Two points again. We find ourselves in a position we're thinking, well, on another day, we could have been three or four nil down at half time. David De Gea keeps us in the game, ultimately, potentially does win it for us. So De Gea, two points. Oh, what do you say about David De Gea? Nothing that we haven't already said is he's brilliant. He just 
saves us time and time again. The thing I like about De Gea at the moment, Tom, is he's, he plays so different to Schmeichel, completely different goalkeepers. There was a, a save in the first half. He's you, he, You've got – but what I do where I can compare him to Schmeichel, he's going one-on-one with players now and you're backing him to save it. You just – you feel like, oh, no. Before, even at times last season, shoe in on goal, you felt like we were going to concede. De Gea is – dominating his area now and uh, there was a save today he made with his feet the thing I loved about that save he didn't stay on his line he came out made himself large and then he used his legs and if he can continue so he's getting like the thing De Gea is adding bits to his game at 31 years of age I just want to see his distribution get a little bit better if he can do that he'll be back in the discussions for one of the best goalkeepers in the world it's definitely. I wouldn't look. Look, I do, mate. I, I do see that the point in coming off the line. I wouldn't so so much look at sort of saves when he comes off the line and makes a save from a shot. While that is the case, my sort of praise of him in coming off the line, and he's not doing this like Dean Henderson style, or he's not doing it like Manuel Neuer, but he's doing it more than he has been in previous years, yeah. which has not been a part of his game. Coming, whether it be punching the ball or coming to sweep the ball and clear it for a throw-in type thing, he's not doing that like a perfect sweeper keeper, but he's added it to his game. Like he said, can you manager come in? He needs me to do this. I want to try and do this. Now, he's not doing it perfectly, but he's trying to do something there, which ultimately is all I can ask for from him. Do you, do you look at Tahir? It could just be to me. What do you think the main difference has been? We, we've heard he came back to preseason early. To me, he looks a bit thicker. I think he's actually made an effort to put on a little bit of weight, like good weight, not Lukaku weight. I mean, he's looking thicker, stronger. Do you, what do you put it down to? Do you think it's a physical change? Do you think it's a, a mentality where he's just said, just you know, is, I need to perform. What, what do you just think? Just think he had a bad, a bad patch. And, and For two and seasons. How many incident? How many actions does a goalkeeper have over two seasons compared to a centre midfielder? A goalkeeper might touch the ball two hundred times a season, where a midfielder's touching the ball two hundred times a game. I just think it was a long patch. But his ability was always there for Tom, me. But last I season, I think he had conceded. He had the most errors leading to goals for a goalkeeper in the Premier yeah, League. Well, could the defenders stop shooting? Could the defenders stop letting the other strikers afford him that opportunity by stopping some shots? I tell you what, mate. If if I ever need a lawyer, the way you've defended Harry Maguire, David de Gea, who else have you defended? Scott McTominay. If I ever need a lawyer, I'm taking you with me. You've got no law qualification, by the way, but I'm taking you with me. You might not win, but I'll feel proud of you. I'm like, look at him. He's just out there defending me even though I don't deserve it. Love you. Love you for that. Well, I've been right about McTominay. I've been right about David De Gea. So when Harry Maguire lifts the Champions League in May, um, I can get my qualification. Why not? But in regards to that, okay, David De Gea, two points, no doubt. Um, I am seeing all the 3-2-1s. We'll throw them up all on screen. Um, we might not be able to read them all out, but as we discuss the one points, we'll throw them all up on screen. But the last 3-2-1 will be very interesting, okay? Matomo easy, David De Gea easy. We have three different goal scorers. I don't think any of the three goal scorers get it for me. My one point would actually be Bruno Fernandes, so that's harsh on Rashford, Greenwood, and Alanga. I don't think we've ever won a game and not given points to a goal scorer, but ultimately I do think Bruno sort of does deserve it. I agree. Um, it's the problem. Is this the first time we've done that where there's been three Must goal be. scorers and none of them make the three two ones? But I agree with you. I think Bruno Fernandez on another day gets the goal, uh, and I just think his level of performance overall in the football game, I just think uh, it, it's too big of a difference. I just I think he's brilliant. I, I had this chat with uh, with Emad earlier today. He was saying that he was asking a. Well, he says to me it wasn't tongue-in-cheek. I'm not convinced. But we're debating, you know, Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandes have similar output 
in terms of last season at least. And the, the, the debate was, you know, we do you consider Bruno world-class? Yes. So then why don't you consider Marcus Rashford world-class? What Bruno Fernandes does in his position is is unheard of, really. There's no other midfielder who's doing what he's doing. Now, does he play further higher, further high up the pitch? Yeah, he does. But as you saw today, even deployed in the eight, he's being creative. He's keeping the ball. He's He can easily have scored himself. I just thought... Bruno Fernandez is so good. I, I'd hate to think where United would be without him. I think what we wanted Paul Pogba to be when we signed him, Bruno Fernandez has come in and been that player for two-thirds of the price. I think it's hard. Look, look I agree and disagree, but you're completely right. And it's how you value and how you weigh up what's important. Do we see? Do we rate footballers as how good they are at football or do we rate players on how effective they are? You look at Cristiano Ronaldo. Look, he obviously one of the greatest players of all time is good at football. Of course, he's a good footballer. But ultimately, you look around the league, there's so many better footballers than Cristiano Ronaldo in regards to getting the ball at feet, turning, passing, technique. But no one is better than him at the end of the day because what he does. So I'm just thinking it's, you value up Bruno Fernandes in terms of the output. Yes, world class, he's almost unrivaled. Yeah. But I'd say Juan Matter is a better footballer than Bruno Fernandes on the ball. Yeah, one yeah, yeah. Nowhere near as good because he doesn't score or assist as many goals. So it, it's mm. what you weigh up. There's no correct. Well, maybe there is a correct answer, but in my opinion, it's just in terms of mood that's what picks the correct answer. I don't, I don't like this player at all, Romelu Lukaku. Whatever you think about him, I know he's having a torrid time. He's a goal scorer. No one can take that away from him. In fact, you can say he's a world class goal scorer. You look at his output, goals per games ratio, world class goal scorer. I think he's an absolutely rubbish footballer. I've seen people in the my park five five minutes away control a ball better than Romelu Lukaku, but he's effective. If you want someone to be there and score goals, can I ask you? I, I could honestly do a one hour video about this. The way Ronaldo plays as a center forward is so weird and unique. There is no other number nine who plays the way he does. It's it's so strange. He doesn't play back to goal, but he doesn't wait. By on, on the shoulder of his last man either. He sort of comes deep, looks for the ball a little bit, tries to link up the play, but he's not like Cavani. He's not who is a traditional number nine. It, it's a very weird style, Ronaldo, isn't it? Effective, though. Well, in terms of... I, I didn't watch the match live. I watched it on delay, but I could imagine people when they're watching live and when they're scrolling through a Twitter type thing, they would have been looking at Ronaldo's performance and going, why is he dropping so deep? Stay up front. Why is he dropping deep? Our first two goals come from him dropping deep. The first one where he drops in to pick the ball up off um, Fred. Fred sees the space in behind. Fred plays it in behind where the defender leave that, left that space, a goal. And the second goal, he drops into the space off McTominay. Defender commits on halfway. He chests the ball through. And Bruno Fernandes is in on goal. So both goals come from him dropping into those spaces where you wouldn't sort of – well, a lot of strikers are criticised for going into. But anything else you do want to touch on before we do wrap up? Um, we do obviously do have West Ham on Saturday. I think it's a Sunday morning kickoff here. I think it's a two o'clock one, which is a little bit tricky. But um, anything else on that match you want to discuss? Not really. I thought, you know, you, you don't read too much into it. I don't think it was brilliant. But I think it was a really positive step forward. Uh, like I said at the at the start, um, I thought in terms of control, what United did with the ball, happy with it. I, I'd like to see us be more dangerous. Uh, and I'd like to see us not be so open when we give the ball over. But you have to be pleased with how we kept the ball today. It's honestly the most comfortable we've looked in possession all season, I dare say. I can't think of another game where we kept the ball that well. 
Yeah, no, no, definitely don't disagree there. Matt here saying Lukaku world class. Please notify me when Larry. Misses I didn't say show. he's world class. I'll, 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 watch the, I'll watch this chat continue in the group chat later on. Um, we'll be fine viewing. I'll, gra- I'll grab the popcorn. But Josh, with another important question, he's been bugging you. Royal Rumble prediction. Oh man, that's a tricky one. I'm going to say I've got two picks, Josh. Sorry for anyone here who doesn't give a shit about WWE. Me and Josh are nerds like that. I'm going to say either Big E or Roman Reigns. I think there's going to be this weird thing where Seth Rollins wins the title against Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns will then enter the Rumble and then he'll meet Brock at WrestleMania for the other title. Do they still have like the 30th person who comes out, like someone who's been away for like 10 years? Like Generally. Stone Cold, Stone Cold yeah. will come out. As if you want to come over and watch it, Tom, I think it's next Sunday. Next Sunday, make your way over. We'll get some pizza. Well, what was one here? Um, yeah, tempt me. Yeah, maybe the pizza is tempting. Um, Matt here saying Scruffy's. I assume he means in regards to the West Ham game. Look, I'd like to, but Scruffy Murphy's 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning. That is a bit of a stretch for West Ham. So um, and I'll be watching this one from the couch at home. But um, if you are part or if you are in Sydney, um, the Man United Supporters Club obviously do watch their games at Scruffy Murphy's, the sort of the friendly kickoff times, 2 a.m.s aren't great. But if you are in Sydney and not signed up to the Supporters Club, um, please do. Well, he has just reminded me I might be at Scruffy's for this, UFC 270. Obviously, two title fights, heavyweight title fight as well, which will be fascinating viewing. But um, we'll obviously be back. And we might actually be back tomorrow night because obviously we do have the West Ham match to preview, but we might just have a casual chat chat about whatever i'm sure there'll be transfer news um i'm sure there'll be man united ralph Rangie will come out and say something it'll and it'll sort of set a narrative and there'll be stuff to discuss we are running out of days in the tra- transfer window larry so we've got 10 days left or something so there is going to be action if you're a betting man are we signing someone no i don't think so but i think you might see a player or two go well, the big one now, which we'll obviously discuss tomorrow, Jesse Lingard and West Ham. Yeah. The the link is now to Newcastle, and I'll be far more happy with United sending him to Newcastle. I don't agree with the loan deal, but sending him to Newcastle, that's fine. If he ends up at West Ham, that's a problem. Now, I think West Ham will fall away. I don't think at the end of the season they will be challenged for the top four. But yeah. you can see if United do give Jesse Lingard to West Ham, you can see them sort of kicking on and maybe sort of putting a thorn in United's side for the Champions League hope. So... It'll be interesting that Jesse Lingard, Newcastle situation. I think if they are going to spend money, United will say, okay, take him. But, yeah, fascinating. One Mata leaving, possibility? That's a weird one. Look, why would I want to see one Mata leave? Of course, I don't want to see him leave. But the situation he's in, I do want to see him leave. He wants to go back playing Spain. He's not playing football. United are keeping him there. Now, I do understand the situation where we're in in COVID in regards to, okay, if we have Bruno Fernandes, Donny Van, or not that Donny Van Der Beek's going to be playing anyway. But if Jesse Lingard leaves or gets injured and we're in a Champions League semi-final, we have no attacking midfielder. Okay, yeah, you bring one matter in type thing. But ultimately, he needs to go play football and we're holding him against, not holding him against his will in terms of that slave comment that came out from Set Blatty years ago. But there's no no noise around it. He obviously is strong, um, strongly linked with Ralph Sociedad from United's end. Ralph Frank has been pretty strong in saying no one's going. Like Even the players like Jesse Lingard or Dean Henderson or Donny van der Beek, they, they do look like they are going to stay at United. Even Anthony Martial looks almost impossible to go now. So I don't see a situation where one matter does leave. And that does make me happy for the next couple of months. Hopefully they'll get to see an appearance or two. But ultimately, from a personal level, you do hope he gets his move because everyone's talking about Donny van der Beek being mistreated. I think one matter is better than Donny van der Beek and he's getting less treatment. Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. Look, I, I'm... I'm not on this Dunny train, to be honest. I think if he was good enough, 
one of the three managers would have favoured him, and they clearly don't. So, sorry. Like, I think he's obviously a talented player, um, but I think he's obviously got a limitation to his game. Simple as that. Yeah, definitely. Well, something we will discuss tomorrow. So, please join us tomorrow. We might just grab a beer, like, for a Friday night pint type thing, and yeah, we'll just enjoy it. We'll discuss what comes up. I'm sure Donny van der Beek, Jesse Lingard, one matter, all those players will be... Um, heavily discussed so until then again big thank you to everyone in the live chat um, apologies for not getting to all your comments but they were flying in but we do appreciate um, the level-headedness of um, the live chat compared to some other big other channels even if we do disagree um, it's all very sensible and sort of respectful so we do appreciate that um, until then Larry um, and remember, we're, we're good enough good. you might say I've been scrolling through Twitter, seen his mugshot. I've got these mugshots saved on my phone, for God's sake. I can't stop looking at it. <laughs> I can't believe he was in an Arsenal shirt. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I shouldn't, but I can't help it. It's just interesting stuff. We'll I love discuss the, that at length, we'll discuss that at length tomorrow. We might so go through the court case. We might go through the court case and sort of discuss that at length tomorrow. Over the year, <laughs> I might get my popcorn. It's fantastic. But if you are oh. new, please subscribe. That would be fantastic. And if you are here, still here, please do leave a like on the video. As I said, you're holding your phone now. Takes one second, click like, no skin off your back, and it really does help the channel. So we truly appreciate that. And until then, Larry, have a good one. Pleasure, mate. Always, mate. Take care. Cheers.